Well, this is several years ago. I'm looking at this hole that I usually hit, and quite frankly, I guess everybody else hits it as well. So I got a couple guys in a boat. Eh, I don't necessarily have to fish it. I remember we were having a pretty good day. I'm about a football field away from this hole, and I see this dude coming bushwhacking through these tall weeds. I got the two guys in the boat, and they're focused on watching their flies, so... You know, just like they should be, but I'm kind of letting my mind wander a little bit. And I see this guy coming down the hill. The bushes are moving from left to right. You know, I can see the top of his head. It's that time of year where the bushes are almost over your head. Yeah. And I could see his head coming out every once in a while. And I know that bank because we stop there at that hole all the time. And there's there's briars and sticker bushes. And I wouldn't walk down the bank. But no, Chigger City. Yeah, Chiggers and Snakes that's kind of the scene i'm setting up there and it it doesn't take too much to amuse me a lot of days as you know so when his head poked above the bushes and he saw me rolling down the river he started looking like he was moving the bushes started moving a little faster like he was trying to get there (laughs) (laughs) so i'm watching him you know and i i know he wanted to fish the hole really bad and i didn't care but i didn't really want to miss the opportunity to have a little fun so i told the guys i said hey guys let's go ahead and let's make a move down here and they're like oh okay so once we started, I pulled up, pulled up and started rowing toward the hole. I, there was no other way to go to get down the river than to cross this gravel bar. Mm-hmm. And as you cross the gravel bar, there's really not but one spot where the boat will get through there. And it's just a little bit wider than the boat, maybe. As you cross the gravel bar, you cross from one side of the river to the other, and you're pointed right at that hole. So I know he saw me. And he starts moving in even faster. Well, he's got, you know, he's got a little ways to go. I had to go toward the hole to get the boat across it. The guys in the caster racers were they're reeling up their lines. And uh, we get across that shoal just about the time the dude gets to the edge of the edge of the bushes. And, and as you know, as everybody knows, a lot of tailwaters in the southeast have mud banks all up and down them because the water raises up and it, it rips the rips pretty much all the vegetation off the sides of the river. He gets to the mud bank, and he's looking straight at me, and I'm looking straight at him. Although I've got my glasses on, he can't really tell. As I'm looking at him, I'd like to say he's got this big grin on his face, like, I'm fixing to get to the hole, and you got to pass on by. Of course, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I really don't want to pass it anyway. And I forgot all about the mud bank, but I do remember the guy taking the step, and he stepped on that mud bank. He went down as as fast as I've ever seen anybody go down the bank. So he goes... Poor guy. Yeah, he goes down the bank. As soon as his shoe hit the mud, his spinning reel had got caught on some some of those bushes that he had just walked out of. Well, it started just, just peeling off line. It sounded like he had a big fish, <laughs> had a big fish on. And all, I, all we heard was a grunt, and then he'd go, Whoa! When he got stopped, we were just about to him. I was probably maybe couple boat lengths away from him i just looked at him and he looked at me from he was still down on his knees and he looked at me and i just said morning he was like morning and i think he i know he was he was muddy mm-hmm. but i think it, it probably hurt his pride and it probably didn't feel real good it probably hurt him a little bit anyway uh when we passed by he was still on his knees <laughs> so, and the, the funny thing about that was is the guys in the casting braces they never knew what was going on i never said a word to them still have it to this day so they're probably listening to this going hey that was us i remember that guy all right recorded live from the world headquarters this is southeastern fly hello podcast listeners i'm david perry and with us is uh, dan charlie dan's playing producer if you listen to podcast number two you'll know that uh, dan is a world-renowned watercolor color artist multi-talented 
all around just a nice guy. Welcome, Dan Charlie. It's, it's, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, David. Thanks for helping us out, man. I needed a, a, somebody that could, could turn knobs and keep me kind of focused because, like I said, this one's a little bit different. Normally, we do the interview of somebody, but this is just a couple guys sitting around having a land shark talking about some of the times that we've had on the river. As the summer winds down, I've had a lot of time to watch people on the river. I know you've got the river out behind your house. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you've seen some as well. Before we get too deep into the into this episode, Dan, tell us after this podcast is over, where can folks find you? I mean, other than the bar, which is probably where you're going <laughs> to want to go. That's not true anymore <laughs> as much. Uh, so where, where can they find you? You can find my artwork at dancharley.com, and I have a blog that's on that site, and it talks a little bit about some of the characters I meet on the river, too. So, But my artwork is that available out there for purchase, and you can see some of the new works that I've been working on and find out where I'm going to be at next for the next show. Oh, that's right. You're doing shows, too, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it's been a hot summer for that. It has been. I hadn't done any out- outdoor shows. <laughs> I, I was scarred by one I did last June uh, that felt like I was doing the show on the face of the sun it was it was brutal <laughs> speaking of being on the face of the sun we were on the face of the sun fishing the other day together me and you and and yoda were floating down uh middle tennessee river and it was about a hundred and what about 106 something like that yeah as you'd like to say it was a tough environment yes it was a tough environment if you're listening to this broad this uh podcast you can and you want to tell somebody about it just let them know that they can catch it at all the normal podcatchers out there uh, if you do happen to listen and, and enjoy it, we'd appreciate a five-star rating. I really doesn't, haven't asked too much for that, but that really helps us out, kind of moves us up the up the charts, if you will. Also, we'd love to have you spread the word for us. Uh, word of mouth is probably what makes the podcast run better than anything. That's a, Thank you for all the folks that have already spread it via word of mouth and, and uh, sharing on Facebook and sharing on the on the other social media venues out there. Probably the most, most of all, I just want to thank you all for listening. So this is episode 14. Uh, it's a bit, like I said, it's a bit different from all the others. And uh, since I've been spending all the year on the river, all summer on the river, I, like I said before, I've been able to see quite a few characters. As I see some of those characters, it made me think back to some of the others. And I've been watching them, and I've, I've been enjoying watching them. Before we go any further, I want you, everybody to know out there, this is a lighthearted episode. Mm-hmm. Don't think that that uh, we're we're trying to zero out, zero in on one type of person. As a matter of fact, I think as Dan and I were talking, Dan said something that made a set, made a lot of sense. We've been probably more than one of these people. Yeah, probably the reason you can describe a lot of them is because we've been a lot of them. So yeah, yeah. it happens. We could, we we're all there at one point. We're the we're the guys stumbling down the bank to beat somebody to the hole, or uh, some of the other characters we're going to encounter during this podcast. It's a lighthearted episode, so so don't get mad. Don't write me emails. Don't call and text me if it upsets you because we're not here to upset you. We're here to have fun, <laughs> and we we poke fun at a lot of folks, and including ourselves. We like to. We like to make fun of ourselves, or I do. So some of those characters, you know, some of them fly fish, some of them spin fish. Uh, some are just out to re- recreate. Some are out to drink. Uh, some we hope don't procreate. Um, <laughs> some, are, some we just aren't really sure of, you know? Well, yeah. All walks is what you're saying. All walks of people that you run into on the river. A lot about the South is... People are pretty nice yeah, overall. Oh, 99.9% of the people you encounter are perfectly good yeah. people. Yeah. And you got some ones on the outskirts that that's maybe what we're talking about today. But again, we've kind of been those people before yeah. too. Yeah, so. absolutely. 
So I'm going to start out and talk about guides. Uh, <laughs> you know a little bit about them. <laughs> this particular, and there's a couple of different kinds. There's the kind that you you don't mind seeing on the river. You're friends with them and whatever. Uh, and then there's the other kind that's maybe a little pompous. They think they're not guides. They think they're something else. But let's talk about the guide that's uh, can be a, a male, female, doesn't matter. Uh, and they just want their folks to have, you know, the best day they can have in their casting braces. That's all they're out there for, to make sure that somebody hopefully catches a bigger fish than their buddy, hopefully catches the biggest fish of the day out of your boat. Uh, But they probably talk a little too loud. You know, they're always saying, cast here, cast there, men left, men right. (laughs) Now you're starting to get an idea Uh, of who you're talking about. (laughs) And I guess, Dan, I guess that's probably me, probably more than anything. (laughs) Well, we've all done it. It gets hot sometimes out there in in the river, on the boat. But you're trying to help people learn. I've been guided by many people, including you. You're very, very good at it. You're very understanding and patient. There are times that even that patience can get tested, though. That's that's for sure. I've been on other boats where you get yelled at a lot, and those aren't a whole lot of fun. There's a one we, offshore, we talked about that a little bit, going to salt water and, and being yelled at by a guy trying to put you on tarpon. Now, he's trying to put you on the tarpon, but I'm trying to explain to him. You just want to turn around and like, well, the other 364 days of the year, I'm sitting in a cubicle somewhere. So. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not hitting 60 yards or whatever at 10 o'clock, that may be the reason. Yeah, so take a dose of shut up, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, I paid you. I guess, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I, I guess I own the, the whole maybe talking a little too loud, especially in the yeah. mornings when we all first get in the boat and we're taking off and everybody's kind of getting introductions in or talking about, I mean, a lot of folks fish with me several times a year and several years in a row. And, you know, you kind of get to know them, their family and that sort of thing. That's the part where you, that's the place where you start catching up with each other is that first little bit where you're making your first move to get to the first hole that you want to go to. And yeah, so I may talk a little lot. If, so if I, I guess that's a long way around the barn to say, if you uh, see me on the river and you think you're, you're thinking that dude's talking a little bit loud and it's just been a few minutes. Uh, we just, we've just been coming off the ramp. I probably am. And I apologize. And hopefully I'll be out of your hair here shortly. And, You'll be able to get back to a more peaceful, calm setting that we're all we're all into. Your voice resonates. That's all it's doing. It's just carrying. <laughs> you have to make sure they're hearing the orders that you're screaming at them. Yeah, right, right, right. So the ramp blockers. Yeah, this is a. Let's talk about this. So before you ever get away from the ramp, there's always that. There's always that one dude. He's always there. You can. He's got their. You can tell who they are going to be because their truck's usually sideways in the ramp mm-hmm. at least once. Yeah, yeah. They're rigging their rigging their boat or their watercraft, whatever, right there on the ramp, and they never rig their gear in the parking lot. Why do they not? Why not rig in the parking lot? <laughs> That's a pet peeve of mine as well. Somewhere yep. out there, somebody's breaking out in the sweat because they're just saying, "Yeah, why don't they?" And they're starting to get all fired up. But yeah, you knew you're going fishing the day before. Yeah, you would think, that. okay, I got all my stuff in there. But that's me. You know, <laughs> I like to prepare. <laughs> Oh. I've blocked the boat ramp too. I had I can tell a quick story. Yeah. I was back in my my big bass fishing days. I was fishing a bass tournament with my brother-in-law. It was a night tournament and we got done. We didn't win. We didn't I don't even know if we caught any fish that night, but he went to go get the truck. I was waiting with the boat. My biggest fear back then that I was, someone was going to ask me to 
back their trailer in for them because they weren't fishing with a partner and stuff. Well, my biggest fear became reality that day because I wasn't very good at backing a trailer at all. This guy asked me to do it. And then, then my fear was he's probably going to have a stick shift, which I can barely drive because I'll <laughs> fully admit that. <laughs> and then much less backing it down to pick up a boat ramp but think, or picking up a boat. But thankfully it was automatic. I was able to back his truck down. He runs his boat up onto the trailer and my the guy, my brother-in-law, when he would do that, he would get out and he'd hook up his boat and, you know, make sure the slack was taken out and, and we would go ahead and safely remove it. This guy just yelled, go. <laughs> so he had a big, heavy fiberglass boat. So I guess he figured it weighted it down. Well, I started to, to put the thing into drive, being very careful there. And I hit gas and nothing happened. In fact, it started going backwards. And so I'm panicking. So I start just flooring it. <laughs> and it's still going backwards and i thankfully realized that i had it stuck in that no man's oh. land between <laughs> neutral and drive so finally yanked it into drive and then the tires just start spinning out smoke's going everywhere and then the guy's boat falls off the trailer back into the water he hadn't, we hadn't even cleared the ramp yet and they had to reload it so well, then, then i mean this is too long but after we get done i pull the boat out i'm apologizing to the guy and all that stuff my brother-in-law finally r- walks over and he's like did you see that boat out? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, but you didn't. He wasn't rigging it on the ramp, though, right? No, he wasn't <laughs> rigging it. This was after the the fishing was done. So, but he was yeah. trying to pick up the pieces that you. Yeah, you well, and, and it, was, it was one of those wet nights where the the stench from burning tires lingered at the boat ramp for quite some time. So everybody kind of probably looked at you like your brother-in-law. Oh yeah, like, I, yeah, oh, I got yeah, some this, looks. Yeah, this is the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you hear other people mumbling under their breath about you too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know that guy that break that that especially in the morning that that blocks the ramp. Oh yeah, it's just it's just the worst because everybody wants to get out, everybody gets, wants to get on the river, everybody wants you know you're all fired up about going, and then here he is, he's just kind of sitting there doing his own thing while everybody lines up behind him, and they get upset when some old codger, not me, but I have asked them to move. A lot of times the old codger, not me, is uh, a little forceful, yeah, and unpleasant, you know, and and I'm sure he doesn't mean that way, although to be that way, although I think he does. Well, especially on those ramps that actually are kind of two lanes if you take yeah. up the entire ramp yeah, yeah that's poor form yeah. yeah well the, the one lane there is deserve to get booed yeah. <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the one lane is for them to back their truck and trailer down the other is to rig their stuff yeah so yeah <laughs> anyway that's uh that's the boat ramp blocker guy and we've all seen him uh i've got a picture on my phone of a guy that's crossways literally crossways in the boat ramp uh at the caney fort there's about six cars lined up ahead and trying to get down and about five cars lined up at, at the edge of the river trying to get up the boat ramp and he's trying to turn this rig around on the boat ramp which is two which mm-hmm. is two lanes wide it was i sent that picture to my dad and he had some choice words for them you see in in the summertime a lot you'll you'll run into it on the lakes in, in particular where they're dropping in a boat or pulling it back out and blocking the ramp and I think a lot of marriages have ended there because there's <laughs> yeah. usually some guy screaming at his wife or vice versa, yeah. whoever's not doing it right. <laughs> right. Husbands and wives on the river are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So you got the, the recreational family. So let's talk about the recreational folks. So go ahead and get that out of the way. I know all the diehards 
of fly fishermen from all over the country. They have kayaks, canoes that they have to worry about. Some rivers they have inner tubes. Some rivers they have blow-up portable rafts that they have to worry about that take up a lot of room and a lot of time on the river. But this year we were about halfway through a three-quarter day float so we're in a particularly pretty good stretch of river and I, I hear them coming from a long way away and it's just a recreational family we're moving in and out of the gravel bars trying to fish the best holes and, and I hear a kayak scrape up onto a gravel bar now it's not an exposed gravel bar it's just a gravel bar and, and obviously the lady missed it and it was an older lady and she was behind a middle-aged lady who was behind a young girl, maybe maybe teenager, but just before that, a probably 16, 17-year-old kid. He was he was ahead of them, but he was with them. And then far behind is this other kayak. So in the front, you got the kid. He's about 16. You got a, a teenage daughter there. Then you got mama. Then you got Mima, mm-hmm. and then you got Daddy way back. He's hanging back because I don't know if he did. I don't, he's he's got a fishing rod, so I'm assuming he's fishing. All in separate kayaks. Yep, all okay. in separate kayaks. Yeah, all floating. Mima on a kayak. Kayak. Mima on a kayak. Yeah, yeah. Mima's the center of attention here because because mm-hmm. she's obviously never floated in a kayak before. Yeah. Mama's not doing too much better. Son is way out in front just in case he sees a girl. I don't know what the kid, the the teenage girl's doing. So they're all spread out across there. Dad's in the back fishing. He's I don't know if he's trying not to be with them or what. Anyway, I hear this kayak scrape up onto the onto the gravel, one of the gravel bars there. That's it's it's not exposed. It's probably got you know inch of water going across it. Yeah, it's still wet. And I hear mom start yelling, Johnny Ray, Johnny Ray. <laughs> He's so far down the river. I already know, okay, lady, he can't hear you even with the what Number one, he can't hear you. He's too far away. Number two, he's not going to be able to turn around and come back and get you. Number three, he ain't listening to you. He's out looking for girls. Then the lady says, sissy, 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 get your brother and pull your top up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all, there was three of us in the boat, mm-hmm. two guys fishing and me, and we all just, it was probably the funniest thing we and we you hear some good jokes yeah but it's hard to top meemaw in a kayak yeah and 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 sissy with her top in sippy with her top too far down yeah Yeah. i i fished on a river a couple of years ago a local river that will remain nameless um i was fishing my dad was in town and we were we were fly fishing there and a hot summer day and a group of kayaks came down behind us and my dad was upstream for me. And I heard him talking with, there was like three or four kayaks and one of them was a tandem kayak. And he was talking to the guy, there was a guy and a girl in a tandem kayak. He was talking to her or him. And the guy was asking about fish and how we were doing all that stuff. So I'm not paying attention to him fishing. This guy floats down to me and asks me basically the same series of questions. How's fishing going and all that stuff. So I turn around and look at him well, he's in the back of the kayak, he's paddling, and his wife is in the front, or his significant other, and no top. I did my very best. I just uh, locked eyes with the guy, and uh, which sounds weird, but I just talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to. I think he was testing me to see if I would look down, but it was it was hard not to. So, so. you passed the test? I don't know. I don't know what test that was, but I was, <laughs> I was glad when it was over. <laughs> Yes, see, all walks. Yeah, you do. One of the ones that I I, I like them because I, I hear them coming, and I know it's usually somebody younger that mm-hmm. probably doesn't paddle a 
a kayak or a canoe, but we call them paddle bangers. Yeah. Because they are, uh, they're usually kids and they're usually short kids, small kids. So really kind of glad that they're going to be out there and hopefully they're learning the right stuff. Hopefully they're keeping the top on too. But you're usually short kids. Sometimes they're adults or let's say over 18, but they can't figure out how to paddle a kayak or a canoe. It's usually, if it's really loud, it's usually aluminum canoe. Yeah. It's, that's usually what it's going to be. Some type of watercraft. Well, if it's an adult's doing it, at least do it in rhythm. Because then yeah. it's entertaining. Right. So this was several years ago. That This wasn't this year. I was out with uh, Chief Pretends to Row. It was foggy. You could hear this group coming. They had to have been a mile away the first time that I heard the first paddle hit that aluminum canoe. They were talking and yelling and laughing and splashing water and you could tell what they were doing i'm turning around looking at them because they're coming i can hear them coming for so long that finally you just i'm stopping what i'm doing i'm going to turn around and just watch i just have to see what kind of crew this is out of the fog comes about 15 kayaks with about 30 amish kids in them oh really <laughs> all in all in the in the normal dress Mm-hmm. Just having the biggest time, and they pat, they say hi. We say hi to them, and we, everybody's friendly. They go on by, and then about ten minutes later, here comes a, a man and a, a lady, Amish man and lady, who are obviously with them. They have no worries about where they are because they can hear them the whole way. Yeah, but a lot of times those paddle bangers are just having a good time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you got you got all kinds of people out there. You got paddle bangers. You got Meemaw out mm-hmm. there crashing into gravel bars and stuff like that. And then you got the serious angler who's usually just standing right in the right in the feet lane he doesn't talk much to you he's yeah. just kind of standing there even sometimes if you say hello they won't say anything to you so you say good morning again a little louder eventually you can get them get them to to give you a, a hello and if you ask them any questions they give you those short answers you know like i really don't have time to fool with you because i'm real serious about catching this fish right yeah. that's uh that just got put in here by the stocking truck mm-hmm. or whatever a lot of times they say mad and unfriendly yeah it's not like well we're trying to steal secrets we're just asking you know telling you hello yeah right a little bit of banter back and forth you know i'm not asking you what size about we know that because if we get asked what's how's it going well we're catching a few fish today what you catching them on yeah nymphs something very generic Dries. Yeah. Dries? <laughs> We're not going to reveal much, but you, was, you have enough courtesy to acknowledge I'm having a good day or I'm having a bad day, not grunt. If somebody's struggling, I'll stop and help them if I can. I mean, if you can really tell that they're new and they ask you, hey, what do I, what are you using? I'm probably just going to give them a fly. Yeah. And you're really polite too when you're operating the boat. You try not to go through their their fishing line. You'll, you'll go out of your way to go behind them, even if it means... I may, you know, pop a an oar on a on a gravel bar to do it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to mess up somebody's day. Yeah, maybe up. they're just having maybe they're they were having a bad day to begin with. It had nothing True. to do with the fishing. True. It was just a bad day and let them be. And I know that they wouldn't be mad at me. I mean, I can't think of a reason why they would. They could have heard you yelling at somebody could upstream yes. and then they heard it for like the mend, mend, mend. Men left, come back right. Cast by that tree. Here comes that guy. Yeah. Oh, thinks he like knows everything. <laughs> He's got the pebble mine sticker and the Yeti <laughs> cooler. And, yeah. Everybody's got a Helios. Uh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Contrast that with the drunk college kids. Mm-hmm. They're... Uh, they're usually they're not paddle bangers. They're loud talkers and paddle bangers too. Some some of them act like they just learned to cuss. That's the funny thing. Yeah, you know they they're stringing some cuss words in, and we can all say a cuss word or two. But sometimes you got to string them together just right to make it sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah, and they haven't quite mastered that yet. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of alcohol involved with a lot of that too. <laughs> True. I, I may have been that 
person at some point in my life. When, but yeah, I remember going down trips down the Spring River in Arkansas, and I'm sorry to any angler we encountered. I think most anglers on the Spring River know not to go out in the summertime because of all the, the aluminum hatch that occurs. But I think it was more back then, was the, it was not the goal to actually stay in the canoe. It was to tip it over as many times as you right, could. Right, right. Twofold, they, you know, it was cool in the water, but then also it got rid of all your empties, and then you could just get back. <laughs> it was awful. I never Terrible. do that now. I'm pay f- if it happens to me now while I'm fishing and somebody does that, I think it's just payback for when I was in college doing oh, the same thing. So aluminum cans. I apologize to anyone I'm offended back then. I'm better than that. Did you have a radio blaring? Yeah, I'm sure we did. Gangster yeah. rap. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Back then, the, that was, you know, weighed as much as a human than the canoe. It was there for ballast. Here, here's, here's what I see. They have a radio. It's playing whatever. They know all the words, I'm sure, but they only sing the words, the lines with a cuss word in them. They sing it to the top of their lungs, even, oh, yeah. even when they're almost right beside you. So my thought is, well, maybe they want me to know the words, too. Yeah, and some of it I well, like. could be nice. They're just yeah. being nice. Yeah. Some of it I actually like, yeah. which scares me yeah. that I like any rap, but I do. But the, I think they want us to know the words, too. And they keep, the, they keep the music loud when they're passing by, even passing by kids and family in other kayaks, canoes, and boats. Yeah, and I don't like little... that. I don't even like that when someone's doing that when I'm stopped at a red light, but I'm getting to be old. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my yard. Usually though, it's just the one drunk guy. Yeah, he, he's got the he's got the the boom box. Sometimes it even has a karaoke machine on it. Now I've seen that too. I have not seen that. Yeah, as soon as you hear him, he's talking about his girlfriend that left, mm-hmm. and he just the whole whole way by this particular guy that I'm actually talking about. He's talking about his girlfriend, how she cheated on him. Oh, she cheated on him with so and so down at the at the at the dorm, and blah 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 blah. By the time he passed by, I knew the guy's name. I knew where he lived. I knew her name. I knew where they went on dates. Everything. And this is just the drunk guy yeah. with a karaoke machine. I can hear it over the music. Was he trying? I mean, maybe that's you know, it's therapy. I, 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 it could be therapy. <laughs> I, I don't know what the, the thought press, the thought process would actually be for saying, "I'm gonna go out on the river today in my kayak, but I'm gonna bring my karaoke machine because I think the world needs to hear this." Yes. Or she needs to hear this. Yeah. Or, and she I was out. She was out with the other dude. You know, she wasn't on the river. Yeah, that's that day. creative. Got to give him points for trying. Huh? Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's he's the young drunk. Maybe he college thought that kid. would work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figure the kid's probably going to be the CEO of a major corporation someday. Yeah. What there are a lot of folks that, that like to drink an adult beverage on the river, and sometimes it's a, a family. Mm-hmm. I think you know where I'm going. So here's a setup, folks, that are that are still, if you're still hanging around there listening, thank you so much. So far, these have been pretty much true stories of things, things that, that I've seen uh, and some, some things that Dan has talked about that he's seen. But we've got a group of, of guys. There's six of us, five or six of us. It's been, been as many as few as four and as many as seven. Right. Right now, it's about five or six of us that uh, we get together once a month at somebody's house. And we, we may drink a beer. Uh, one of us will cook. We'll a lot of times tie flies or watch a fishing show and just catch up because we've been, how long have we been doing that? About 10 years? Easy, yeah. 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 So ten years, once a month, we uh, we try to get together just for social hour, and sometimes we'll have what we call as a multi boat float. Multi boat means more than one for us. Mm-hmm. Could be as many as four or five, including kayaks, canoes, drift boats, genus, porta boat, uh, porta boats, yep. flat bottom boats. It just depends <laughs> on who has what at what time. So on this particular day, it was overcast and it was humid. To me, it was a lot like taking a shower with your clothes on, then going out on a 90 degree day to go car shopping. That's mm-hmm. really a lot what this day was like. We're getting we're probably about a mile maybe from the ramp from the takeout 
we've been out there pretty much for six or seven hours straight stop for lunch it's hot we've caught some fish pretty much we've caught up with everybody caught up on everything that we wanted to catch up on everybody's kind of fish with everybody everybody caught a fish or two pretty much a good day oh yeah so behind us i see them coming as a group of, of canoes now one of my pet peeves is having to set the rat takeout and wait for somebody to figure out which canoe goes on what top top of which car or which which inner tube has to go on which truck or something like that. So my goal is to get there to the ramp before anybody else. So I see him coming down the river, and I take off. I, I tell I tell him uh, to the two guys that were with me, let's go. We were close enough to the ramp where I knew we could beat them, and I could tell that there were a lot of drunken people in those canoes. So we went ahead and got to the ramp. I backed the trailer down to the drift boat, loaded it up, and went to the top of the ramp, which it's a pretty steep ramp. It's a pretty long ways to the yeah. top. So after we got the drifter pulled out, we went up there, and we were trying to button it down, and I saw a CP2R come up to get his trailer to put his boat on it. So y'all came in behind him, and this is just, it was, I missed the whole thing all three of us did they were in my boat we missed the whole thing but that's the setup for this so tell me what happened there <laughs> all right for the next hour <laughs> i will tell you the tale no I will, oh i'll try to condense it because it is a long story but it's absolutely true and kind of horrifyingly true but we all know that uh though we talked about the recreational people on the river and sometimes they can have a little bit too much fun and i think that's what was happening here so you can picture i'm standing down at the end of the ramp you know knee deep water with our buddy mark and we've got um we got let's just call him our other buddy jim we <laughs> We yes. have Jim's Jim's drifter. Jim is up in the parking lot getting ready to back down the trailer. So we're going to take out. But this this gamut of of kayaks and canoes just shows up, and it's all shapes and sizes of kayaks and canoes, and all shape, shapes and sizes of people. All of them have been in the sun for far too long because they're just like bright red sunburn. They've all had too much to drink. One of them, including the most sunburned person and maybe the largest human being I've ever seen in the back of a kayak that's still kept it afloat was passed out there was a woman sitting in the front of this it was a tandem kayak again she was actually clothed this time so they 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 come up to the to the boat ramp right next to where mark and i are standing so we're just standing there waiting on on jim to bring the trailer down and this woman tries to stand up and get out of the kayak and just completely face plants right into the water thankfully didn't hit her face on the rocks that were everywhere but she went into the water the woman next to her just starts dying laughing at this and this woman who looked to be i would anywhere from 40 to 70 (laughs) kind of tough to tell (laughs) she gets up and just launches into this steady stream of profanity like you have never heard just unloads on this woman who laughed at her for this and a key part of this whole scenario as i'm setting it up is you got to think there's beside the ramp there was a this this older gentleman who was probably grandpa and with his grandson, it looked like he was about eight or nine years old, and they had caught a mess of trout. He was sitting there cleaning them with a pocket knife, and he was just gutting them. And they had the you know the little red and white Coleman cooler and all that stuff. So they're just sitting there minding their own business. Man, and, what a great day! Oh yeah, un, un you know unbeknownst to them, the hell that was about to open up. <laughs> so this woman who just fell and got up and cussed out her, her person, she's just mad at everything, but mostly at the passed out guy in the back of the canoe, which we're just going to call Daryl. I don't know if that was his name, and it's no offense to Daryl's anywhere, but this guy just looked like his name might be Daryl. So we're going to go with Daryl. Okay. So Daryl's passed out drunk, this whole gamut of adults, and there's some kids in there too. There's a, a little chubby kid in, in a wet t-shirt and a wet gray t-shirt, and then, then there's a girl. He looked like he was probably 
10, 11. Um, there was a girl who was maybe 14 and she's covered in tattoos, but she was, you know, she looked, she had seen some, some life. <laughs> it's amazing how vivid your, your memory can be. When yeah. You've had a, event like this happened well yeah that's because it gets yeah yeah well anyway th- this goes on and all the adults are you know the, the largely responsible for these kids and stuff are, are pulling out the kayak so they're scattered all over the ramp there's no way for for jim to get his boat uh, his boat trailer down at this point because the ramp is just littered with people and and kayaks probably 16 kayaks and at least that many people well daryl wakes up <laughs> and his woman who had face planted was was cussing him and talking about he's too drunk i'm sick of this bs i've been on the river all day with him and i'm tired of it well daryl wakes up he hears this and he unleashes his own stream of profanity at her that sounded like there could be violence here and this guy needs to get under control he's clearly drunk so another one of the adults comes walking up by this point they're actually on the ramp their feet are on the ramp sunburnt daryl is screaming all kinds of things he shouldn't be yelling and some other adult comes up and gets in his face and they're arguing over something than Daryl may have said earlier in the in the day that has finally risen to the point of great offense. So they get going chest to chest now. So they're they're <laughs> arguing back and forth, and I can't repeat what they were saying, but they were saying the same thing over and over again. Something around the lines of "shut your bleeping mouth" and "no, you shut your bleeping mouth." So this goes on for two or three minutes. This is a family show, but that wasn't a family event. No, so it was speak. not. It was, it was anything but. And this poor 10-year-old kid over here with his grandfather cleaning trout is just watching this whole thing. His grandfather's trying to keep him distracted, but the kid's just mesmerized oh, by what's yeah. going on. Heck yeah. And I didn't see who threw the first punch. I don't even know if a punch was thrown, but Daryl goes sprawling down the ramp and it just scatters a bunch of kayaks. He actually lands in one of the kayaks and gets kind of wedged in there like a turtle. He couldn't turn back over. And that was, you know, everybody kind of backs up. Mark and I back up. Mark actually whispers to me. He's like, you got your GoPro camera. You want to turn that on? And in retrospect, wish I had it. But it would have been evidence. But as Daryl's laying in, in this kayak with his belly to all the world the two little kids the little chubby kid in the in the gray t-shirt and then the girl who has all the tattoos just come over and start wailing <laughs> daryl oh, just Darryl. punching the crap out of him Poor i mean just hitting him it was the rat-a-tat-tat a little fist all <laughs> over <laughs> daryl and he can't fight he's drunk and fight you know drunk people can't fight for crap <laughs> so he's getting beat up by these two little kids this goes on for about 20 30 seconds and finally you know i mean nobody really intervenes daryl's just able to regain his feet and the kids back off a little bit well him and the other guy start going at it again well daryl tries to throw a punch misses falls back lands in the kayak again <laughs> is beset upon by the two kids again who just start wailing on him again <laughs> Finally, the woman comes over that started the whole thing by, you know, face planting. She comes over. She's now crying, and she's trying to to intervene. And then that somehow soothes Daryl a little bit. The kids, the the chubby kid, kind of goes away. The girl still looks like she wants to tear Daryl's head off. I don't know what happened that day, but <laughs> something bad led to this. <laughs> The rest of the adults are all just watching as spectators. They're not even, you know, trying to intervene. So I guess there's everybody's like, I hope Daryl gets his butt kicked. So. <laughs> 
Well, it calms down. Daryl starts to calm down. Him and the other guy that were arguing earlier kind of make up and everything. And everything seems to be, you know, starting to get there. And I noticed, and I've kind of left out a key part, that Jim had started to back the trailer down already. So it was coming down the ramp, but he's not the world's greatest at backing it down. So it was kind of going backwards and forwards and sideways as he was correcting. Army style. Yes, yeah. He was getting there, but it was taking, taking it wasn't efficient. Uh, <laughs> Well, Daryl gets you are up, so kind. <laughs> Daryl is now apologizing to spectators, which are mainly just me and Mark. He didn't apologize to the kid and his grandpa, but he comes over to Mark and he's like, "Well, oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry for ruining your weekend." Which Mark and I were thinking, "Man, you just made it our weekend." <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> thing ever. And, and the last thing he said, as everybody's kind of dissipate, the whole thing is is calmed down, and they're starting to go their own ways and stuff. Daryl just comes over to us, shakes hands, and says, "Go Vols." <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> Jim got the boat. He got the trailer down. We loaded up the boat. We got up to the top of the ramp. We loaded up. He didn't even know what was going on. You didn't either, no, David. You missed the whole thing. And as we drove off, the police were showing up at the ramp. So, But I'm sure they all got back to the trailer park and lived happily ever after. I'm, I got the feeling this occurs probably daily. Yeah, <laughs> it was sad. I'm sure they're all, you know, they're perfectly fine people. But that day, too much alcohol, too much sun, and too much Daryl. <laughs> and I think I've reposted this story from your blog before, yeah. but it's on your blog at dancharlie.com. Yeah, it's called Whiskey River. Yeah, because I'm sure whiskey was involved with that whole scene. Maybe in bulk. Maybe homemade. <laughs> So, golly, I don't know what time we started this thing. It's been a little while. I think my story took an hour. So. No, I didn't think it took that long. There's only one more guy that I want to talk talk about. Mm-hmm. So this is true story. This happened this year. It probably happens every year, and it's probably happened to every one of us. So it's the over-under 40 guy. Somewhere, he's around 40 years old somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. He's got his hat on backwards. Usually a dude, usually a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's usually got a boom box. And it's strapped to the front of the kayak somehow, usually with a bungee. It's pretty loud. You can hear him coming from a long way away. Or at least you can hear the bass coming from a long way away because he's got the bass cranked on 11. Now, is he fishing? Nope, he's not fishing. He's just he's floating. Just letting everybody hear his music. Yep, floating with usually he's got a couple other folks with him, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of couples, and he's one of the one of the couples in the one of the males in the couple. All I can hope is just maybe that battery will die before he gets here. <laughs> Oh, well, we're we we on the uh, a local tail race that that someone <laughs> I don't think it was one of our boats. It was a multi boat float where someone <laughs> lost the radio out of their boat. Oh, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, that was on the elk. Out. Yeah, smoking, yeah. smoking the smoking the doobie. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and they lost their their poor radio. Yep, yep. It's still it was at the bottom. They were of good the elk dudes, all but I felt bad for them. Yeah, but the music was loud. That was country. I think they were blasting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this this guy's listening. Was it bro country? Bro country. Yeah, that's what's not really country. To. No, it's not. I mean, that's a whole other topic, whole yeah. other subject. We could get into that. Oh, I could get into it. Yeah, but <laughs> we may we may get back together in another year or so and talk about that. You know, it may not be allowed over the Florida Georgia line if we did that. So yeah, <laughs> see what I did there. I yeah, did. That was that. yeah. I caught it. I don't know if anybody else did. I mean, Nashville is full of great vocalists. Mm-hmm. I, it is. Yeah. Some of the stuff I hear, I question as to how did you get that record deal? I think what that is, and I kind of feel the same way, but I think we're, we are emerging as yet another group of people that you'll meet on the river is the crotchety old yeah. guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> that doesn't understand youth today and the music that they're listening to. I think we're getting into that that phase of our lives, David. I do understand that kids, younger people that are bringing that what they grew up with into country music now. Yeah. So they grew up with different types of electronics and computer aided oh, yeah. music and that sort of thing, and they're just bringing it in. That's what that's what everybody's done ever since the Carters. Mm-hmm. They brought in you know a guitar and eh, not so sure about that. Yeah. The electric guitar came to the Opry and. People were talking about, oh, I don't know if we want to do that. So it's just an evolution is really what it is. It is. It, you, know, you imagine when our parents thought about the stuff that we were listening to back in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about my parents. My dad took us to the first, or my first rock concert, which was Rush. Oh, wow. Yeah. He still that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that's really impressive. Yeah, it is. Anyway, so that's... That's all probably part of what's dad. wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heck of an introduction to rock. Yeah. My first show was Van Halen, but mom and dad didn't take me to Van Halen. <laughs> I saw them in 19, 1982 at the Roundhouse in Chattanooga. Yeah, so yeah. 83 or 84. Diver down tour. Anyway, this this dude, he's he's got his bass on 11. Nobody's harmonizing. closer he gets, though, the clearer you can see him. He's got his Monster Energy tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, on his leg, on his calf. Why do they put him on the calf? I guess that's I don't know. You like to, to drink so much, you tattoo the thing. Maybe he's sponsored. Uh, possibly. <laughs> he yes. paid to do it. Yep. Hat on back. I don't know. That could be a thing. Obviously. He's Pebble had... mine tattoo on your back. The bro country's annoying enough. Always turns the fishing off. I mean, the boom. I swear mm-hmm. the fish hear it in their lateral or feel it in their lateral line. And they're like, I ain't eating nothing for a while. Yeah. Until I figure out what this is. It's usually hot outside because it's usually summer. And we all know we like to fish the shade if we can. Yeah. And this dude, he his number one mission is life in life is to hunt that shade down and get in it. If you had a guy on the bank with the, with the little stick stuck in the ground with a V and their fishing pole sitting in it and they were fishing the shade... He would come right through. Mm-hmm. So he he doesn't care. He's been through a whole bunch of beer, and he's probably not drinking drunk any water for hours. Yeah. So he's pretty smashed. And then when the music gets to you, it's just so loud that you finally figure out why you stop going to bars because there's people like him and music like that. Yeah. And he decided to bring it to the river, and it confirms one thing for me, Dan, that when I turned my hat around, it was the right move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's a reminder for dads everywhere to tell your daughters, don't come dragging some crap like this home. Yeah. Because it ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> May have been said about us at one point. Oh, I'm sure it probably was. Anyway, this has been a lighthearted episode. It's a little bit different than what we normally do. Yeah. Uh, remember, lighthearted episode. If, if one of these is you, we're not specifically making fun of anybody. We're really kind of making fun of everybody. So... Don't write any emails and don't call or text if it upsets you. Yeah, we're I'm, just, I'm sure if we met Daryl and the crew earlier in the day, they were a pleasant group oh, of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. It just, sometimes there's a mixture of sun, bad choices, too much alcohol, maybe too much family. I didn't factor that into it. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could yeah. be too much uh, a family overdose. It could all be Daryl. <laughs> Daryl's in all of us. I think that's the metaphor I was going for. Is that what we it was? We all have a little Daryl. Everybody's got a little yeah. Daryl in them. Yeah. Like I said, summer brings out the characters in the rivers and around the nation, around the world. And I know if you've been on a river anywhere, it doesn't just have to be in the southeast. There's these types of folks everywhere. I've been in Colorado, Michigan. They're all over the place. Probably even California, as bad as they had to hate to admit it. So we covered a lot, and appreciate you everybody stopping by. The Southeastern Fly podcast is available at all the normal podcatcher locations. 
if you like what you're hearing or have liked what you heard in the past from some of the interviews or some of them coming up, we'd appreciate a five-star rating. We'd love to have you help spread the word because word of mouth helps us more than anything. I guess they just listened to episode number 14 of Southeastern Fly. Dan. 14 now, huh? Yeah. You're knocking yeah. out the podcast. Yeah. Here. I don't have a lot of time, but I like to do it. I appreciate you stopping in at the world headquarters of Southeastern Fly. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to get on one of these things. So thank you so much, David. (laughs) And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Southeastern Fly. And above all, thanks for listening, everybody.